Welcome to Southpaws, episode 480, Halloween Sex. The sordid sounds of Halloween, horrifying graveyard orgy, eerie dicks, creaking asses, rattling tits, howling mummy sex, boning undead pussies, blood-curdling cums, and many more. Fortune held, distributed by a floating skeleton in a cloak. You must find him or summon him for more tapes. This tape is nasty as hell. Zombies having sex in graves. Dusty mummy wraps coming undone. Grim reapers sucking each other's forever dicks. Whips, chains, veins, and pain. I'm Saverin. I'm Fuzzwolf. I'm Shiva. Oh, look at that. We're all back together, just in time for some spooky spaghetti. It has been a number of weeks, but Shiva, I'm glad you're able to join us here on this final episode before the end of October. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just October. Just well, October. I mean, yeah. shit, you know, we're a week away from the election, actually less than that. It's somehow the end of October. Jesus Christ, how did that happen? And we're still kicking. I mean, like... I've been having myself a little bit of an extra stressor because this would have been a Nightmare Nights weekend, and that still comes back to haunt me every year. So that's fun. (laughs) Though I did actually just post some very fun photos that I took at indeterminate time inside the now-abandoned Crown Plaza. Not abandoned. It's shut down. It's not abandoned. They have Night Night Watchmen. It was I was like, going to say, is it fully shut down now? Uh, yeah, it's, well, it's not in business, but they do have people that basically watch overnights to make uh-huh. sure that people aren't breaking into the hotel. Right. That was something back in July, I believe. And the hotel shut down, like, when AllCon was supposed to happen. Like, literally, they were setting up on Thursday night, and they shut it down Friday morning, and AllCon couldn't happen. What? Wow, I didn't know that. Like, glasses were left on tables. The weekly calendar was still there. There was yeah. still food in the fridges that was just left. Pretty gnarly, all things considered. Yeah. Um, and also, like, the hotel was still set up for the con at the time. Crazy, because that, that sounds like city shut us down for not paying taxes kind of deal, you know? That doesn't sound like an orderly shutdown. It was just like, well, we're closing down. Nobody come into work tomorrow, and everybody lost their jobs. So Alcon was actually going to try and run? Well, this was before the shutdown. Like, everything happened right at the end of, right at the start of March, right? right. Alcon was the week after Fiesta. Yeah. Yeah. And we got to go, and then Alcon was going to get to go, but then the state shut everything down, and they got shut down, like, literally, like, the people had to come in and clear out their vendor hall stuff after they'd already set it up Thursday night. It was fucked. That is fucked. So we're here. We're queer. We're missing cons. That's for sure. But yeah, you know, also uh, we've got a lot going on in the world. You know, we're a week before the election and it was actually really weird today, guys. I listened to the most recent Chapo episode and they were actually positive about the election. It was so weird to hear like positive sentiment and being like, yeah, you know, like all things considered, if everything doesn't go tits up and, you know, all the polling isn't wrong that, you know, Joe Biden's probably gonna be the next president and we'll keep the house and, you know, we might actually have like five votes in majority on the Senate. And I'm like, this is fucking weird to hear, guys. Like... This is nothing we've been doom and gloom for so long. I'm not going to give myself the audacity to be, you know, hopeful, but weird. 
So I'm you just got to survive. I'm not too excited because oh. we're going to have a whole bunch of fighting afterwards, no matter which way it goes. Oh, yeah. yeah like, again, I said, like, like we just got to ride this shit out and uh, see how it goes. I mean, Texas has been kicking ass in terms of early voting. Like, we surpassed our early voting totals for the state. We're uh, at something like 90% of the total votes cast in Texas in 2016. Yeah, it is wild i saw a thing from like last week it was like from the 23rd that at this same point last year on the 20 like from the 22nd for like 140,000 people age 18 to 29 had voted early and this time around it was closer to 800,000 mhm yeah like we actually have kamala harris coming to the state to uh, do a trip on Friday. They're all going to be live streamed. I think um, she's going to El Paso, if I recall. Uh, let's see. She's going to Fort Worth, McAllen, and Houston. Oh, okay. But also, like, I'm sure she's doing several stops. Yeah. Um, uh, Harris County is doing 24-hour voting locations from now until Friday. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Jalen Castro, Beto O'Rourke is going to be there. It's They're actually really trying to make it so that Texas is in play. Yeah, and it is. It's officially a toss-up state right now. And that's insane, but also cool. Yeah, like, it's super cool. I think the the way people were describing it is like, we've all been snake bit from 2016, so we don't trust. And so, like, we'll mm-hmm. believe it when we see it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We were hopeful talking. earlier this year, and we saw how that went. Yeah, I was talking to Taryn, uh, and I, I, I mentioned the statistic I said about the 90%. And he's like, don't don't tell me this good news about how Texas voting is doing, because I can't handle the the double whammy of if Biden loses and if Texas doesn't go blue. Like, I can handle one, but not both. So don't yeah. get my hopes up about Texas. Don't get my hopes up about the election. And I was like, okay, it's fair enough. There's only a few days left, and then we'll probably have to wait a while for the winner because of all the mail-in ballots, because there will be quite a few this time. Uh, But yeah, it's five days till election day. And looking at a tweet from six hours ago that 8.65 million people in Texas have voted, which is only 300,000 votes away from the record-breaking breaking total 2016 turnout. Nice. It'll be interesting to see if it's like if our vote total really does end up being super high or whether we've just moved a big majority of our our total voting to early votes instead of day of votes. Because we do have a lot more people you know, doing mail-in and doing uh, early voting this time around. But, uh, I mean, like I said, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. That that was one theory I saw online, was that maybe that's happening. And I'm like, eh, I mean, I don't think that's happening, but, but you never know. So, we'll see. I still think we'll have a higher than normal turnout, even if the majority was done ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure we will. Which would be really good, because this has historically been a very low voter turnout state and uh, if we could turn that around i mean i'm really hoping that that's something that can be uh maintained in elections beyond this one just keep that up because we honestly we need to be this engaged like every time not just we can't rest on our laurels after this if we do win 
back the Senate and the White House this time around. We can't go back to just being like, well, everything's fine. Time to go to brunch. You know? Yeah, brunch. I, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that one video. And uh, yeah, we can't we can't do that. Weird. We need to we need to definitely stay hundred uh, percent engaged and uh, keep voting um, for at every election. But folks are pissed. Yes. Yeah. Like there's there's been videos of people being weirdos about like Trumpers being weirdos at election places and it's only going to get weirder I'm sure like that was probably my impetus for voting early is like I completely miss any sort of election day bullshit here in Texas by just voting a moment it was available you yeah. know like yeah. just going and get it done nobody was there there was like three people ahead of me when we got there in and out in like 15 minutes and I went on that cold and wet Tuesday yeah, and actually, like looking at the weather, it should actually be pretty decent here in uh, Texas relative on that Tuesday. It's going to get up to 69 degrees. Nice. You know, it's we're all here. We're hanging on the best we can, but let's let's take any sort of hope we might feeling right now and put it in a box and maybe we'll hopefully we'll be able to crack it open later. Yeah. But not right now. <laughs> crack oh. open an ice cold hope. Yep. Put it in that Pandora's box with everything else. <laughs> I'm Pandora and welcome to my unboxing video. Oh no. <laughs> it was just a tweet I saw the other day that I, I found way too amusing. <laughs> I said that's a tear and then he just kinda sighed. Or maybe like it was Ajax. Do. Yeah. They they both do with me. Although Ajax does actually laugh at some of my, my stupidity, but you know. <laughs> so what do we want to talk about this week? Well, uh, tell me about uh, how your house is handling not going to Act 5, Fuzz, because uh, Ajax was putting some videos out. He uh, he did a thing. Oh, my God. Oh, this is so... Ajax was really, really looking forward to Act 5, uh, Alba City Furry Invasion, for those that don't know. And so he, he actually took the time today, cleared off the dining room table in the game room, and he got, like, two of our display racks and a whole bunch of our display copies of books. And he set up the the banner and the book displays and everything and made it look like a dealer's table. Uh, and then made a video about going down to the, the ACFI quarantine d- edition dealer's room. And, uh, you know, he was pretty clear, I felt, in the video that... You know, haha, this is in our house, basically. But we actually did get somebody be like, didn't they cancel that con? And then link us to, like, the the coronavirus cases in the county that Act 5 is in. And it's like, yes, the, the con was canceled. He was pretty clear about that. <laughs> um, and, then the, and then the next video is even better. Because uh, yeah. he's, he's on the ground... Um, underneath the table and and gavin uh his little hyena plush who he he actually gave uh an act five con badge and put a little piece of tape on it with his name on it oh <laughs> yeah he i think he's a sponsor actually <laughs> but Good uh yeah his so the little yeen is browsing at the table and he's carrying his little he has this little plush zebra haunch <laughs> for the hyena that's super cute and um, they also gave Ajax a chance to uh, describe one of the books which was uh, Minor Mage 
by Ursula Vernon because he's uh, he's listened to the audiobook of that and he really enjoyed it. But yeah, he also put a link to it on the show. He's 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 doing the the proper <laughs> vendor vendor dog thing. He really is. Uh, and of course, I retweeted the Monday for Planet account and uh, yeah, Tyrion was like, yeah, I don't think Ajax is dealing with the lack of cons very well. <laughs> Because, uh, I mean, yeah, this was going to be a fun weekend. We were going to go down there. It was going to be Halloween. We were going to be at a con. We were going to sell some stuff. But, you know, he's he's helping us out with, you know, I didn't ask him to do this. He just wanted to do this. But it, 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 he's helping us out with putting some content out there on Twitter. Maybe get some extra sales in because we got like like two days left of our uh, October furry book month sale. But... Yeah, the videos are really cute. Um, you should go look at them. On uh, I retweeted it on the For Planet account if you want to see them. So the other thing you put in here, Fuzz, is you asked, what the fuck? It's the Xbox Series X fridge. So I guess people were saying that the new Xbox looked like a fridge. Is that where that came from? Yes. Uh, okay. The Xbox Series X is a large rectangular box. It sits up, it stands up, or can lay down either way. It is basically Does a... Does it beg? Shake? Well, it probably begs for your power and bandwidth. Uh, shaking, hopefully not, but if the bearings go out on, like, the heatsink fans are in trouble, because those things then are it basically... Plays dead. Yes, yes. <laughs> the, uh, it's a little PC, is what it is. And, uh, it uses a... It's AMD all the way through on those things, so, uh... Like, it should actually be a really decent box this time around. But when they announced the look of it, they basically said, everybody started making memes about how it was a refrigerator. And it is pretty tall. Like, I think it's over a foot tall. And it's just a big-ass thing. Like, I would have to clear out one of my little cubicles on my game setup here to even fit it because it's just that fucking huge but they decided to roll with the memes and they made a custom xbox series x refrigerator it's a it's a full-size fridge it's not even one of the super fancy ones because like it it's only like a 500 dollars fridge which is incidentally how much the console costs too but it's been customized to look like a series x complete with glowing xbox logo in the top left and the backside, which you'll never see because the refrigerator against the wall, still they decided to add the little molded plastic bits to make it look like it matches the ports on the back of an Xbox Series X. Neat. <laughs> um, and you have to enter the raffle like they made a total of three. Um, like you follow and retweet with a hashtag from Xbox's Twitter account, and you have a chance to win an Xbox refrigerator. They which... did a super dramatic video of it, um, like opening it up and showing like pastries displayed inside and stuff like that. It's and monster funny. energy drink and other such nonsense. <laughs> right. It is funny and like they're just rolling with the memes. I mean, mm -hmm. between that thing is though, the PlayStation 5, people just say it's just like a giant fucking router. And <laughs> I saw one person be like, this reminds me a lot of Georgia O'Keeffe's paintings. And I'm like, Hmm. Yeah, I could see that somewhat as being a vagina shape, vaguely. Oh, is that? Mm, okay. And what's also funny is that it's even larger than the original Xbox, 
like the original Xbox, everyone was like, holy fuck, this thing is so huge. And they made memes about it for years and years and years. But the PlayStation 5 is like officially the largest console that's ever been released. I think like it's insane. Things were supposed to get smaller with electronics over time, I thought. (laughs) Well, the thing is, because we're getting so close to basically the computational limits of what we've got, and we're putting so much power into it, and it's running so hot that a vast chunk of both of the console's current space is heatsink and fan. Wow, okay, right. Like, the lower-powered consoles, like the Xbox Series S, there's a tiny little white thing that is only a little bit larger than, like, a Wii. Like, it's it's in that same general size range. Um, yeah. Or an original uh, PlayStation 2, actually. <laughs> it's probably a closer approximation. And it doesn't have nearly as much power going through it, but it still has a huge fan heatsink opening on the top of it. Right. Um, and then way on the other end of the scale is the Nintendo Switch, which is a handheld. <laughs> yep. Which, that fan is going pretty hot, too. Does it? Yeah. Mm. Though speaking of the Switch, it's been really cute. My sister has been playing Animal Crossing, and so like we see each other in the game every day at this point. She comes to my island and is like, yo, got anything cool in your shop? Because she's starting now. Yeah. So I'm just like giving her money, helping her with fossils, just, you know, being the nice big sibling kind of person. And just uh, mm. like she had a time traveler friend who like experienced halloween multiple times and was giving out copies of uh, the halloween stuff so she sent me one of the pumpkin heads so i got some really nice looking pics of both of us on my island which is how decked out halloween back and black and white spooky so very cool yeah so i gotta ask fuzz you mentioned that Tyrion got hades yeah uh did he get it for the switch yeah yeah he did Okay. Why yeah. is, was, is there a PC option for it also, I guess? Yeah, it's on PC, but I figure you're probably getting to see him playing on the television. Yeah, yeah. He seems to enjoy that, so that's cool. It's a good-ass game. Like, it's currently on sale, like, 20% off, which is nice. Hey. They had an artist do promotional Halloween art for it with, like, with Zagreus as a vampire and, like, chibi versions of all the various characters from the underworld with Poseidon and Zeus and Dionysus and Aphrodite and Hera and all the all the gods and even, like, a little hypnos sleeping in the bottom. The pumpkin thing is a Dusa head. So. Yeah, I saw Maid Dusa tonight. <laughs> She's such a cutie. And I was like, so is the game have a lot of these bad puns? He's like, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, there's Maid Dusa, the Liernan Hydra, eventually he renames it. And then what's also nice is that it's hella gay. So Yeah, there's um oh, who are the two? Oh, it's the Minotaur and what is it, Theseus? Yeah, Theseus and Asterius. Yeah. And like they, they have a bromance. But then also just flat out, after you finish the main storyline, you can continue uh building relationships with uh Megara Thanatos and to a lesser extent Dusa. Though Dusa's like, Hey, you know, I like you but don't like 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 you and he's like, That's cool. I still think you're nice and she's like, Okay, cool. <laughs> but you can totally hook up with both Megara and Thanatos and there's no like you know you don't close the door on the other when you hook up with one you can totally be a pan poly monster fucker it's amazing i tell me he played that other game too uh let's eichenfeld or Erkenfeld? yeah um i'm not i don't know too much about that one other than it came out recently and i think it's on xbox game pass it's gay as fuck also 
Yeah. It has got to do. It has lesbians, and I was like, so this was an indie dev, right? He's like, yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, he's getting uh, uh, some use out of the Switch, which is good. He hadn't played Animal Crossing in a while, but he feel he finished Iconfell, and he just finished his second run on Hades. Nice. Xbox is having trouble like displaying the current things because I'm trying to see what new stuff. Except it's not the the website. The game. Okay. Oh, Grim Fandango remastered, Full Thought remastered, Day the Tentacle remastered, and then Five Nights at Freddy's one through four. Well, that's a lot less interesting than I thought. I thought I saw Urkenfell. Oh, Urkenfell is on Xbox PC Game Pass, so okay. that uh. I so should give that a shot. The monthly fee, or what is the monthly fee for that? Uh, it's like ten bucks now. It went up slightly, but okay. you get access to like every single first-party Xbox title plus a bunch of other shit. Mm-hmm. Like you can play Age of Empires three, Age of Empires two Definitive Edition, Forza Horizon four, Crusader Kings three. So I guess the devs are on like a Spotify, iTunes kind of model of payment then. If- you pay for it under the pass. They get oh, one. shit. Battletech is on there. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah. I've been playing the shit out of that. Actually, Panther's spent pretty much all day playing that today. Um, mm. And that's fine. He's been coding his butt off and he's on vacation right now. Oh, okay. So, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, Player Witch Project, the new horror game, Carrion, Broforce. Needless to say, you- I've been very pro uh, xbox pc game pass and uh, i continue to be that way she are you are you playing any games right now i've been playing ff when i play but yeah how are you doing in final fantasy i am i think about two-thirds through uh not stormblood second x pack uh heavensward yep have you fought the pope yet yes oh i love that fight <laughs> you know religion sucks because they don't let you fuck dragons <laughs> yep but that is oh is that uh, a final fantasy reference uh, yes that's the joke oh. yeah like oh and... i just thought it was an amusing uh no. thing okay <laughs> literally the giant schism between the dragons and the Asgardians was that one of the like an ancient person an ancient Asgardian fell in love with a dragon and when she died of old age the dra- she requested that the dragon consume her and so when they did, exactly as she requested, a bunch of the knights were like, holy fuck, that dragon ate her, and they went to war over it, like, via deception, and then, because dragons are, you know... I thought they were also after the dragon's power. Yes, they they figured out that the dragon blood gave them power, and uh, it's like, that's the Shiva side of things in the video game, and then, yeah, they, they found the dragonizer power and stuff. But eventually you fix it up because dragons hold grudges forever because they're essentially immortal and uh, they hold grudges proportionally. You know, it's like I hold a grudge for a few years and then I was like, fuck it, this is stupid. I don't have time to worry about this. But dragons live forever, so they are mad forever. <laughs> Heaven's Word is super good. Stormblood is still good. It's not as good. But then you get to Shadowbringers and it is fucking amazing. Well, unfortunately, right now I'm kind of out of things to do in Final Fantasy, so I've been playing other games. We got that data center SSD that I talked about a few weeks ago, and now that I have three terabytes of space, perfectly fine, 
I've just been downloading and installing various games that I've had, but not downloaded because they take up a lot of space. But now I don't have to worry about that. I have three terabytes of SSD, and so I've downloaded, like, Elite Dangerous again. I downloaded Just Cause 3, and I downloaded uh, Call of Duty World War II, which sucked ass, and I, da- and I deleted it after playing it for half an hour. Like, it took longer for me to download that piece of shit than it took me to go, ugh, and uninstall it. You always hated those games. Why did you bother? Because I hadn't played it. Like, I got it in some bundle a long time ago. I didn't pay for it. Well, well I, I wasn't implying that you paid for it, but, you well, know, I figured it was a bundle. Or I've it was played them over the years, but this one was like, oh, we're kicking it old school. There's no regenerating health. And like, oh, we need you to throw a grenade. Press this button and not this button. Oh, you threw the wrong button. Oh, the grenade grenade popped back and blew up your allies, and that forces a death and a restart. And it's like, holy fuckballs, this sucks. Like, I'm playing a Call of Duty game trying to redo the goddamn Normandy invasion, and I don't have regenerating health, so I'm just dying. I mean, yes, it's, oh, it's realistic to restore history, but that doesn't make it a fun video game, you know? Anyways, yeah, it sucked. Just Cause 3 has been pretty fun. Rico Rodriguez, freelance terrorist. You're uh, fighting against a dictator that was installed by the CIA, which is a real twist from the previous two games where he was directly working for the CIA as a terrorist for them. Is that the one that has Ronald Reagan? No, that is uh, Call of Duty Black Ops uh, Cold War, which is coming out, which, yes, they have Ronald fucking Reagan as a uh, character in it because he's out there having you do Black Ops shit in, like, South America doing the doing the terror the murdering of all the leftists yeah real dark real dark video game times play like wolfenstein where at least you're killing nazis yeah wolfenstein those ones wolfenstein and wolfenstein old colossus and uh or no yeah, new colossus and the second one i haven't played youngblood which isn't really like a proper wolfenstein game but uh the the two that i played were super fucking good i enjoyed those because killing lots of nazis yep like lots of them (laughs) in so many ways with axes and knives and shotguns and i think that one had where you could jib the enemies with shotguns it was really nice just blow the head off a nazi which is a good and cool thing unambiguously (laughs) our grandparents would agree (laughs) Yeah, one would hope. The other th- only other thing that I've been playing... I've played more Hades. Yeah, play more Battletech. Like, Hades, again, it's so good. Like, the music's good. The story's good. Like, all the gods are hot. It's really gay in parts. Um, Achilles and Patroclus is another couple you can hook up, uh, reunite. Achilles is the character that trained Zagreus. And his partner, Patroclus, ends in Elysium and bored out of his mind. But through various ways, you can finagle a way to allow uh, Achilles to go visit Patroclus and let them reconnect after unknown amount of time in the underworld separated. So that's really cool. Uh-huh. The, uh, let's see, the only other gamer news that's vaguely interesting is that the uh, Cyberpunk 2077 got delayed again for another three weeks and that resulted in a bunch of gamers having uh extreme meltdowns and sending death threats to the devs again because you know death threats are a great way yeah sending devs messages that you know where they live and you're going to burn their family alive in front of them if they don't release the video game is very uh, motivating yeah i saw that i was like what the fuck <laughs> i mean the, the what gamers- is wrong with the like 
Okay, I'll be honest. I didn't enjoy the season finale of Doctor Who last year, but I didn't start fucking writing death threats to the writers and shit like that, you know? Just, I don't get people that are just that extra about shit. At this point, like, either the game has to be an, a total piece of shit or God's gift to video gaming because if it's any way middling, people are going to flip their shit further. Like, I really have no interest in playing the game. They're the political stances, well, lack of political stances about cyberpunk that the company has made, their corporate culture of extreme crunch, their weird transmisogyny in most ways. The most recent on that part was like, there was a ad in an early version of the game that was like, cyber drink or whatever and it was like the tagline was mix it up and it was a feminine bodied person with like the outline of a very large dick in their pants or in this case they're like unitard and then when they were do they're like oh no we're not gonna do this one anymore we're gonna take it out sorry about that sorry 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 and then they did their costume contest their halloween costume contest and their like special mention was a cis woman doing that cosplay with a glowing purple dong in her one-piece swimsuit. And it was like, oh, right. They really don't give a shit. They're Polish. Well, fuck that. So, you know, the only true cyberpunk way to play the game is to pirate it. But at this point, it's going to be one of those games where it's going to be divisive by virtue of all the bullshit that's happened around it and the fact that the fanboys for it are so insane. Like, it's disappointing, because Cyberpunk's really cool, and, like, Shadowrun is one of my things. Like, Tyranin ran a game for us for years and years and years and years, and I miss being able to do that. But also, this doesn't look like it's going to have any sort of, like, political commentary. They keep saying, oh, we're an apolitical game, and it's like, if you're an apolitical game and you're doing Cyberpunk, it's just like, wow, the world just sucks, and there's no real reason for it. When it's literally, you know... If you're doing apolitical cyberpunk in any medium, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. So, it's uh, disappointing, but also just uh, how the gamers be, unfortunately. But that's coming out in, like, December 10th, I think, the, the next thing. is And, like, whatever. It'll come out, people talk about it, and then, like, you'll have fanboys that never want to shut up about it. And everybody else will move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Such as, there's like so many good video games coming out, there's no reason to focus on the bad ones or the ones you don't like. Right. And they pushed back WoW's release date, but they finally just kind of gave a new one. That's, uh, what, into this month? Into next month? Yeah. That has to be next month because that was like the, what, the 21st, November 21st, something like that. Oh, I'm pulling up the dates. Okay. Over 29th, so nothing else coming out this month. There's a bard standing by me somewhere playing Desposito. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's what you get when you're hanging out in Limsa. I'm assuming Limsa. That's where everybody no, goes. No. Um, Foundation. Ah. Uh, it says arrived November 23rd. And I think the new like start event is like in the next couple days. Okay. And like you've got, hey, it's zombies and shit again, because all the stuff that happened in Ice Crown at the end of the previous expansion and the video they put out. So, oh boy, it's very interesting to see what 
twists and turns and weird bullshit they do this time. Oh, we found Mancrick's wife. She's in like one of the versions of the afterlife doing shit. It's like, well, now we can finally say we found Mancrick's wife. Yeah, it's one of those things where like I quit playing at the tail end of Legion and then all of Battle for Azeroth happened and then also other stuff. So it's like there's there's no real way of wanting to catch up with that. But even then they're doing the whole like new player experience thing where like you pick a expansion to level all the way through like they've done so much random shit to wow at this point i mean it makes good sense because you can't like if you try to level at any point you're just getting snippets here and there of the zones and you're not actually experiencing the story because you just end up skipping it because you level so quickly but now they have it so like all right you do your like one to 20 or whatever in the starter zones and the rest of it is you go experience an expansion on that character is that how it is kind of shiva yeah i was level 120 i'm now level 60 and you've got from what i understand the new system's right i mean that's good because you can play the good expansions like wrath of the lich king or legion Mist. i thought it was pretty good missa pandaria was super good and completely skip things like uh, warlords of draenor Um, Or Kata, or, I mean, to a lesser extent, Burning Crusade. I mean, that was the first expansion, but man, fucking Hellfire Peninsula, come on. Fucking running across Zangermarsh, Blades Edge Mountains. Nagrand. Hey, Nagrand was always really good. That was like my go-to spot for getting like 65 to 68 so I could go to fucking Northrend, but... Always. Like, Burning Crusade had some problems. Terracar was always nice, too. But, like, you know, the tail end zones, you get to experience the full story. And, like, it's so weird how, like, the story evolved over time to eventually, like, oh, you know, I've beaten the hell out of uh, Illidan. And then What's-Her-Nuts is his jailer. And then all the stuff that happens in Legion and all the bullshit at the end of that. So it's, like, it's interesting how the story has evolved over the past, what, 15 years? Because it came out in, what, 04? something like that yeah yeah it's been one of those games that's been going so goddamn long that they had to finagle the story around but that's cool that they got an uh, release date final fantasy just had one of their sort of major patches but it's like 0.35 there's like two more major patches left in this expansion and they'll be announcing the next final fantasy expansion in like january or march so we'll find out how we're going to garlamald up punch the empire in the dick directly i'm assuming but that'll come out eventually so um do you want to hit some of the creepypastas that i put into the show note the show sure. topics so let's start out with any of these so i have no idea <laughs> well let's start out with the best copy pasta ever creepypasta okay. today of all te blood this is the story of a day where there was all this blood. A man was walking around and blood started coming out of him everywhere. There was so much blood that it filled up an elevator. He went to the store and there was just blood all over the place. People were slipping on it and they were all grossed out. He tried to go swimming and all the sharks went crazy and bitten everybody. He got chased by all the vampires ever. One time the blood got a kid and a dog. At the end of the day, everyone decided they would just send him to space so that he would stop getting blood everywhere. But then the blood filled up space and everyone got killed. The scariest part is that the man was you. Or if he was a lady, if you are a lady, and you forgot that this happened. Are are you chilled? Yeah. I'm mostly confused. (laughs) It was was a crappy pasta. (laughs) That wasn't creepy. That was crappy. (laughs) So what is the source on that one? Uh, That was just an old uh, 4chan one. 
like oh, people making intentionally bad ones. So I did go to creepypasta.com as well as going to 4chan.org xboard to mine their creepypasta and I got a few things. But here's one titled Distorted Warning Signals written by Ashley Rose Wellman. And then you guys should pick one and, you know, pre-read it, see if you want to read it or not. But I've got this one. When I got the first one, I was literally seconds away from stepping onto the plane when a call from Unknown blared from my cell phone. It was a ringtone I hadn't heard before and when I was pretty sure hadn't come with the phone. Normally, I wouldn't have stopped to answer it, but I was expecting a call about a job I'd interviewed for the previous week. I took a deep breath in and accepted a call. Hello? Do not get on the plane. A woman's voice garbled and strained, as if her vocal cords had been shredded. She was trying desperately to choke out speech. Despite the unnerving, fractured quality of her voice, her tone was insistent and eerily calm. Then the call ended. I froze. I had always had a slight phobia of air travel, and something about this call just... There's no way I was about to get on a seven-hour flight now. I turned around and headed towards the food court. I'd just get another flight later in the afternoon, I figured. I watched from the airport Starbucks three hours later as every TV in the terminal lit up with the crash footage of the plane I should have been on. No survivors. Not a single one. I tried to trace the call. So did the police. But there was nothing to trace. There was no evidence my phone had ever received a call around that time. They analyzed phone records, incoming and outgoing communications to my phone. Nothing. I wasn't making it up. I couldn't have been. That wasn't the only call. Throughout the years, they were few and far between, but always right, and I always listened. Do not go on that blind date tonight. Five months later, my would-be date was convicted of killing four women, all with my hair color and build. Found them in a shallow grave rot 250 feet from the diner he offered to take me to. Do not drive to the concert tonight. 18-wheeler lost control and plowed into a line of cars. Every driver crushed. Every driver killed. In the stretch of freeway I would have been driving down. No matter if I got a new phone, if I moved across the country, the calls would still come. I could almost feel the presence of whatever it was, whatever it is, watching over me. I imagined being at the bottom of the freezing ocean, still trapped in my coach-section plane seat, or being in that mass grave across from the diner, or watching an 18-wheeler skidding towards my car knowing death was imminent, and I'd get this tightness in my chest. I'd think about how thin that line was, how close I'd gotten. If I hadn't had a job interview I was waiting to hear back from, I'd have never listened to that first call, and that would be it for me. It always felt like something was coming for me, but there was always this this fractured, warped voice. With these calls, they never seemed to exist after I heard them. Self-destructing warning signals rotting away before my eyes. And I was alive. I had a bad feeling about this cruise. I had planned it as a girl's week out with some of my old friends from college and was looking forward to a week in the tropics in the dead of winter. But part of me could almost sense that the call was coming. Maybe I'd watched Titanic one too many times, but there was a little nagging fear from the start. I hoped it would be fine, but I knew that if something was going to happen, I'd get the call. I'd know. Now, a week before I'm set to go on the cruise, after stepping into my apartment after returning from a dinner with a friend, I noticed my cell had a message from Unknown. It never had to leave a message before. Haven't checked it all night. Damn it. I had really wanted to go on this cruise, too. Oh, well. Not worth whatever horrific fate awaited me in that cold, dark ocean. I click play message and I feel my stomach drop as I listen to the voice, sounding horrifically distorted, as if it emanated from the throat slashed to ribbons, crackling with more urgency than ever before. I look around my apartment as the voice in the phone repeats the same phrase over and over again. Do not come home after dinner tonight. Do not come home after dinner tonight. Do not come home after dinner tonight. That has a 9 out of 10 on the creepypasta.com. Ah, okay. Creepypasta. Ooh. Ooh, the call is coming from inside the house. Yes. So, ah, uh, I don't know. 
Somebody's are really fucking long. <laughs> so, actually, what I was going to say is I could I've probably... I've got enough time with uh, emails. <laughs> Never mind these. I could actually just record the rest of them and insert them as later. Oh, read to us, Uncle Saverin. I'll okay. read the... I'll... I'll read a short one here. Michael Myers broke a window and crawled into their house. Bobby had an axe and was ready. Hank said, You break into a Texan's home, you get shot, motherfucker. Hank blasted Michael Myers, and while he was down, Bobby charged toward him and decapitated him. The end. That is from the fanfiction underscore text Twitter account. <laughs> but yeah, okay. I will sit back and relax and listen to your dulcet tones if you want to read another one. Alright. Party Crashing. This is from 2015 and doesn't have an author. Halloween is by far my favorite time of the year. The one wonderful day where walking around with a mask on is socially acceptable. Masks hold quite a unique place in society. A mask can transform anyone into something else, turn an actor into a character, hide the secret identity of a superhero, or even allow monsters to walk among men. You never know what's behind a mask until it's taken off. But that's the best part of Halloween. No one is going to take off anyone's mask. There's no gang of teenagers with their talking dog there to strip away my disguise and reveal the truth underneath. No, this is reality, and on Halloween I'm perfectly able to hide in plain sight. Of course, wearing a mask has its own special meaning for me. I'm not an actor, superhero, or even a monster. Not in the fictional terms, at least. No, I simply use a mask as a means of entry. Any mask works, really, so long as it covers my face. I manage to use a different one every year. All I need to do is walk the streets of my suburban neighborhood, weave my way through various decorations, and dodge packs of trick-or-treaters until I hear the familiar blaring of loud music. Like a sailor to a siren at sea, I'm drawn to the music, to the party that it emanates from. Yes, this is why Halloween is wonderful. No one seems to ever ask questions at the door to a Halloween party. All I really need to do is knock and wave when the door opens. The mask makes people just assume I'm there for the party. Hell, sometimes people just leave their front doors wide open, allowing even easier access to their homes. On Halloween, no one gives a second glance towards a masked man making his way through their midst, which is what makes my hobby oh so fun. They're completely oblivious as I approach their food. They continue to chatter and gossip as I add my own special ingredient to their bowl of punch. They continue to dance and play as I stab small, sharp needles into their chocolate and sweets. It's not until their first friend drops to the floor, either choking on my poison or coughing up bloody needles, that people start to panic. It's the same every year. As soon as I leave the party and hear the chaos rising behind me, an unstoppable grin forms under my mask. Screams of terror. Such a pleasant noise for such a pleasant holiday. <laughs> that one's kind of short and dumb, but also <laughs> creepy. Ooh, a person in a mask is attending a party and you don't know who they are and you just let them in? Are you fucking stupid? This was written in 2015. This is 2020, you moron. Why are you having a Halloween party to begin with? Wait, not everyone wearing masks? So outdated. So here's a creepy pasta that I found on 4chan. A green text story from 4chan's X board, their paranormal creepy board. What is the significance of the green text? Um, is it uploaded or something? No, it's... They call it a green text story because it's told in a weirdly fragmented style. Like, yeah. it's difficult to explain until you see it, but it's pretty easy to... I'm like, looking at it. I, I just in. didn't know if, the, if the, the greenness of it, like, made a difference. No, it's just literally like if you put the arrow, it makes it green. It's an old, old Chan thing. I don't know why, but it is. Chan, okay. So... Okay, here's a story. This is a story about an Anon's 
tale of going to the woods when they were 15. B-15. I just got my first personal 22 rifle. All mine. Super proud. A little bold thing. Super accurate, but I loved it. Have a family friend who owns a property like 10 minutes drive from our house. Well, this property is an old house, built by homesteaders around 100 years ago, but it's falling apart. Right next to it is a creek and a field. We used to camp on the far side of that field all the time, but would also shoot using the creek as a berm. One day I decided I wanted to go camping. I biked out there with my 22, a box of ammo, and normal camping kit. I'm super excited. Shoot like 200 rounds at cans and shit from the trash hole nearby. In the 60s, someone lived on the property in a trailer and threw trash in that sinkhole type thing. It started getting dark, so I built a fire and busted out the harmonica to practice. I was terrible at it, but it kept my mind busy while it's relaxed. Suddenly something isn't right. I feel like I'm being watched. My hair on my neck is raised and my heart rate's elevated. My mind starts racing, imagining things unseen out there. Clutching my rifle and flashlight, scanning the field and trees for movement, shadows playing tricks on my mind as I'm shitting bricks. It's a moonless night. God damn it, I want to go home now. Wish I'd brought a tent at least to hide inside. It was summer in Texas and it was too hot, but I wanted that security now. I started building the fire bigger. Made a torch's storks with a stick and a torn up t-shirt I brought along with thoughts of making some sort of camouflage for my rifle. Darkness is giving up no secrets, but I can definitely hear something out there walking around. I didn't want to shoot because sometimes cows wander onto the property. Fuck, fuck, fuck. I never wanted this. Maybe coyotes. They're common out here. But no, not in this particular area. Too many farmers and rednecks hunt them. They avoid it. Jesus Christ, I think I hear breathing. It's kind of circling me, getting closer. I'm pissing my pants by this point, wishing I had something big bore. This was before cell phones were inexpensive, and I didn't have one. I just told my parents I was going camping and where. Great. Well, I'll just find my grizzly remains tomorrow morning after I don't come home. I'm sweating buckets and running out of wood. The fire is dying. I'm contemplating running for it, but the woodsman and me wouldn't leave the fire. It's too dry out here. Suddenly, I hear a deep echoing bark from kind of far off. The thing circling me stops for a second. A long pause, another bark, closer, and the thing takes off in the direction away from me and the bark. An enormous white fluffy dog comes trotting out of the tree line. Super friendly, has a collar on that says Snowman. Snowman and I chill out for a few hours, only once he turns his head, perks his ears and growls, half barks, then goes back to being normal. I feel totally safe with Snowman there. Eventually fall asleep with the big lug next to me, hot as hell, but who cares? Next morning, Snowman is gone. Figure he went home after the thing buggered up for good. Go home and scrape the brick dust out of my boxers. The next day, I was talking to the property owner. I tell him of the night, confirm no cows are out there, and I mention Snowman. He looks at me like I'm an asshole. Snowman was my dog. But he got killed by a car last year. I what hard and tell him I was serious. Snowman was real. I pet him and got covered in his white hair and everything, and he saved my skin from whatever out there wanted my nutsack for a coin purse. He doesn't believe me until I dig the shirt out of the wash and show him the hair all over it. He says it looks just like Snowman's. Every now and then I hear a bark off in the distance while camping there and feel warm inside. Ooh, the ghost dog protected him from a thing. That's cool. I like that one. Yes. Yeah, this is from, like, also, like, experiences. So here's a creepypasta from, listed as originally from 2007. My grandpa would never go to his attic, would never tell us why. Me and siblings grew up not really questioning it. All of us just knew that Pop-Pop wouldn't go in the attic. Whenever he needed something from it, we go get it for him. It's a total normal attic. Never got any spooky vibes from it. But years later, grandpa dies died peacefully in his sleep. I go stay with my grandma to keep her company. One night we're up late talking about our memories, and I bring up the attic in a story. Grandma gets really quiet, as if anyone ever talked about me why he wouldn't go up there. Nope, she says. She tells me that when they first moved into the house, Pop-Pop couldn't sleep. He said something about the house just didn't feel right. He paced all night like he was crazy. 
went over every inch of the house with a fine-tooth comb. Grandma's really worried, but doesn't say anything. But one night he goes up into the attic. She hears him start screaming. She sprints up to the attic and finds him curled up in a ball. He's sobbing. Grandma asks what happens. He looks up at her and tells her he finally figured it out. He points to where the eaves of the roof narrow down toward the far end. She looks. There's nothing there. Then she looks closer and sees something she couldn't really describe or explain. All she could compare it was to origami. It was like space was folded up in on itself. The angles were all wrong. He said when she looked at it, she could feel herself going crazy like something inside her was melting. She dragged Pop-Pop down the stairs and put him to bed, and he slept for two days. When he wakes up, he says he'll never go into the attic again as long as he lives. Never says another word about it. Ignores Grandma when she brings it up. Grandma goes quiet and I don't say anything. We moved on to other stuff, and she hasn't really brought it up again since. Turns out most of my family knows that part of the attic has always been blocked with a huge old bureau. Now I know why. There's a gate to another dimension in their attic! Ooh. That's weird because I'm. Uh, I started reading The Hollow Places, which is uh, Ursula Vernon's new horror novel, uh-huh. and and it's kind of like that. It starts off there's a a hole in the wall of this like antique store slash museum, and it's a weird corridor behind it, and it leads to like like a nexus point with um, gates to other worlds. And I'm only like like 100 pages into it so they haven't done like a ton of exploring yet but it's it's pretty spooky so far where is the goddamn creepypasta thread tell you what that little dang old creepypasta i am spooky spaghetti Uh, i want to know what this one to ajax linked is but it's a video strange things happen overnight at lowe's i mean you gotta low you gotta stock the shelves and get all that wood out Ooh. So I had to do a little bit of digging, but I found the one that had gotten compressed too far. It's a creepy encounter about a person's house school. It's an anon, so it doesn't have an author or anything. So actually, I have one to tell that I just remembered. One day when I'm 12 years old or so, my mom sits me down to talk with me after work. It's really strange. She never does this, and it was out of the blue. Tells me how she has a story about when she was a kid and it's going to sound a bit weird, but she also has to tell someone. She told her dad, but he's since passed away and someone else has to know. Anyway, story goes my mom was about my age when she moved into a house with her dad. They were always moving every few years, never staying in one place for too long. This house is older, in an old part of town, but it's pretty nice. Mom gets the feeling she's being watched, but doesn't tell her dad about it. Has many nightmares and has to sleep in a bed with her dad a lot, but tries to be brave. Dad doesn't get a lot of sleep either. Mom spends a lot of time home alone because her dad was always busy at work, so she would take the day to explore the house and neighborhood, then barricade herself in her father's room at night, waiting for him to come home at midnight or later. During her daytime exploration, she became obsessed with finding secret passageways. She had read about them in books and had a dream about one. Behind the fireplace in the living room, she finds a panel that's loose, and she pulled it off, revealing a door. She opens it, and it opens outwards, and she stepped in. This is the part that really hurt her to tell me about. Behind the fireplace, it was warm and kind of dark, and there were quite a few dark alcoves. She's on her hands and knees and looks into one of them and leaned up against the side as a corpse with blood on it. She screams and hits her head on the low ceiling and frantically tries to escape, but the door she came in is blocked by something on the outside. She bangs against the door, but it hardly budges. She's screaming, crying, hyperventilating. My mom is in tears telling the story, and she never cries. I'm shaken up. She turns around and she sees the outline of the corpse in the dark, still sitting there propped up against the wall. Mom can't escape and she's certain she's going to die. Starts hitting her elbows against the wall and even smashes her head against the door. She's absolutely losing it. She's trapped there for hours as the sun goes down and all remaining light disappears. Somewhere in there is the corpse. Outside, she hears the back door unlock and her dad walk inside. 
She starts screaming and pounding on the door, and her dad rushes over to the fireplace. A heavy scraping sound, and she shoves the door open, and he pulls her out. He's absolutely stunned. Mom's crying as she points to the hidden room and describes the body to her dad and how she was trapped in there. She looks over and sees that somehow someone had dragged the safe her dad had in front of the door while she was in there without her hearing. Her dad hugs her tight and grabs a flashlight and crawls into the opening. He shines it around and explores the whole thing. There's no body and he explains that to my mom. She tells him that it was there and he believes her. He tells her he saw something strange once. Somehow the corpse had disappeared. He assured her that he will sell this house soon and they will move out in a week. He closed the door and put the panel back on, nails the door shut, and moves the safe in front of it. That night, the two of them didn't sleep. Grandpa arranges to pick up my mom and bring him to work, but one of his asshole managers won't let him bring her on the days he's supervising, which is three a week. After school one day, my mom spends the entire time locked in her dad's room doing homework. She hears the sound of a pop, and something unlatches behind her. A panel on the wall next to her father's bed had swung open like a door and creaked before it hit the wall. My mom is scared but curious. She grabbed the flashlight and leaned over the bed to peer into the space. This doorway is almost as tall and wide as her dad, but it leads to a short, narrow hallway with some steep stairs at the end. She's too scared to explore, so she's about to reach for the panel and close it when a pounding on her father's door starts. The door starts shaking as if it's about to give way. She runs into the opening and slams the hidden door shut behind her. Trapped in darkness, save for her flashlight beam, here's a crack and the bedroom door breaks open. Heavy, slow footsteps in the room that pace around the bed and back again before settling next to the hidden door. My mom retreated slowly back up the stairs at the end of the passage. This led her to a crawlspace area above the second floor, and she follows one of the paths leading towards her room. As she goes along, she notices little vents and openings that one could peer out of. Finally, she reaches the area above her room and sees her bed in plain view. If someone was up there, they could have easily watched her without her seeing them. The house had ornate woodwork, and this people was hidden up there somewhere in the molding. She's paralyzed by fear of it and whatever is in her father's bedroom. She stays up there for some time. She's at about an hour. The back door unlocks, and her father walks up the stairs to find his bedroom door broken. He panics and shouts for my mom. She answers him, but it's muffled, and she crawls back the way she came, opens the hidden door, and steps out to her shocked father and she explained what happened to him. He examines the passage and is deeply disturbed. That night he quits his job as they won't let him take the night off. There's nowhere for them to stay until the house is sold and it's freezing cold and snowing out. They call the police to report the intrusion, but the police are busy with other things at the moment and promise to send an officer as soon as possible. Grandpa decides out of desperation to try spending the night with the neighbors. The two of them dressed up in warm clothes and gather his bag to spend the night. By now there's a foot or two of snow out and they walk to the neighbor's house. And Grandpa knocked on the door and nobody answered. Rings the doorbell with no response. Heads to the next house. Nobody answers. Then the next. Crosses the street and try again and tries five different houses. Both of them are panicking and starting to freeze. They head back to spend the night in his car, but when they approach it, all the windows have been smashed. Terrified and nearly freezing, they head back inside. Grandpa's door is busted, so they spend the night in Mom's room. Move her dresser in front of the door, and he locates the peephole and stuffs it full of some cotton. The two, of course, never slept. They took turns reading a book, waiting for the sun to rise, until late in the night they hear something scraping against the floor downstairs. It's the safe being pushed along the floor. The two look at each other, and Grandpa hugs her tightly. They both have tears in their eyes, and Grandpa runs over to grab a knife he had by the table. They hear the creaking as the thing walks up the stairs and slows towards Mom's room. Mom is shaking and silently sobbing while her dad holds her tight. The thing starts slamming on the door, absolutely wailing on it. Grandpa grabs Mom and runs over to the window and pulls it open and looks below. It's not too big a fall, and there's two or three feet of snow built up there. Grabs my mom, and the two of them look out the door as it shakes with each hit. 
holds her tight and jumps to a snow pile landing on his feet very hard. He curses in pain and looks up as a final crash is heard. A figure moves into view and stands by the window. It's the corpse my mother had seen with the new life in it. Blood dripping down at eyes appearing to be missing just dark sockets. It tilts its head in one side and looks down at them. Grandpa runs as fast as he can through the snow while carrying my mom. Keeps going for blocks and blocks through the shallow of snow in the road. Eventually, he reaches downtown and runs into a 7-Eleven. Begs the manager, and he agrees to let them spend the night in the store. The two fall asleep on the floor in the back office. In the morning, Grandpa decides nobody can live in that evil house. He returns to his home and torches it. Burns down entirely, save for the foundation, the fireplace, and the secret room behind it, all brick. He made it look like an accident, and the specters buy it. Police are a bit suspicious because of the call to the police the night before and the broken glass on his car, but decide it's not worth their time. It's not like he's trying insurance fraud or anything, and he's an outstanding citizen. The two moved away to live with family after that. Grandpa passed away not too long ago. Mom takes me to see the side of the house a week later. Somebody had rebuilt it around the brick foundation. She bursts into tears as we drive away. Ooh. And then at the bottom is a footnote. And after writing all this, I have to add a little 12-year-old me who was very skeptical of the paranormal and even this. She told the story so well, but I had to wonder if she was somehow pulling my leg. She's never done anything like that, though. To this day, it sounds too much like a movie, yet she swore to me that it happened and she was so disturbed by it. Ooh, a house ghost. House ghoul. We could talk about other things, too, or... Yes. Whatever. So, shifting out of creepypastas, hopefully you've enjoyed the few that we had for this week. Uh, turns out that I didn't have too many really great ones, but they're fun to read, and hopefully they were creepy to you, the listener. But I, I like that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, it's fun, and, you know, tis the season, we're not going to get a chance to do more creepypastas until, you know, next year, as it were, and also, like, you know, if you need more creepypasta, the most recent last podcast on the last episode is a creepypasta episode, um, which includes a uh, Guy Fury fucking Bigfoot creepypasta, which is weird. But the other ones are fine. Mm-hmm. Um, to round things out, hey, uh, did you know that Tiny Toons is getting uh, a relaunch? Sure, and yeah. Steven Spielberg is actually involved? I'm more oh. interested in Animaniacs. Yep, Animaniacs comes out tail in November. Uh, Have you seen the shorts for that? Like the the teasers? Yeah. I mean, it, it looks like they never stopped. It's like they died in 1988, but they're back, baby, with a two-year contract. I never got into Animaniacs. Oh, I loved it. I don't know why. I just, I, I stopped watching, like, a lot of cartoons um, at a point. And, uh, like, I watched some of Tiny Toons, but I never picked up Animaniacs. I never Which is, super got into Tiny Toons. Yeah. It's weird because, like, apparently there's a lot of furry bait in both shows. So, <laughs> Which one's Minerva in? That's Tiny Toons, right? No, Minerva was in... Uh, Animaniacs. Animaniacs. And she was oh. only in, like, two shorts total. And oh my they God, determined really? she was too horny to do more with. Yes. So <laughs> she was banished. But that didn't stop the furries. No. Um... <laughs> And then they were like, well, fuck it. We'll just make, like, young, hot, slappy porn. Fuck you, you know? So, yeah, the Minerva, she's not going to be included in the new series, but that's not stopped anybody from making anything new recently from her. But also, like, I'm looking forward to both of those because, like, Tiny Toons was actually kind of before my time, almost. Like, I remember seeing it a little bit, but I didn't watch it so much. I was more the Animaniacs. I think I said this last week. It's It'll be neat to see what they do with the characters here again, like 20 years on. It's just one of those, hey, it's HBO Max, and they're, they've got money, so yeah, why not, you know? Right, right. 
actually, though, there is a new series uh, from the same people that did the Castlevania anime that's like Blood of Zeus, which is a adult animated series similar in yeah, vein to I Castlevania. And multiple people that I've seen says like, yo, don't sleep on this. It's really good. Like, I think Kadath did a really? thread about it earlier today where he ended up binging the entire thing. It's like, it's a serious adult animated series with, like, the Greek gods and shit. So, cool. And, like, you know, to, to dovetail that stuff, Autogram. everybody's, uh, like, Blood of Zeus, I think it is. I, I click over to Netflix.com and the first thing it says, Blood of Zeus, number three in the U.S. today. It's it's done by the same studio that did the Castlevania series, and yeah, I it's, thought the animation looked similar. Like I really like the Castlevania series; thought that was cool as hell. And so this is just more animation from that studio. We watched another one on Netflix, Dragon um, Dragon Prince. No, I've seen that too. No, it was another one, apparently based on a video game. Uh, Trying to remember the name. Oh, Dragon's Dogma. Dogma, yeah. Oh. Dragon's Dogma. That yeah. was such a weird one. Yeah, I haven't really heard too much about that one other than, like, that doesn't really go with what the thing's about, but sure. Like, there, there's good animation right now. And, like, there's a lot, like, right now, real li- like, live-action television's really not happening. So more animation and, like, actual adult animation, animation for adults that is not fucking American Dad or whatever. Like, Star Trek Lower Decks, that you you watch that, it's pretty oh, good, I right? Oh, I love that. But watched it yet, so no spoilers. It, there's not really any spoilers. It's... Okay. I mean, take, like, next-gen era, and it's, like, all about the, like, Lower Decks crewmates. It's really good. And it's got a very Rick and Morty almost vibe. It's very tongue-in-cheek and poking fun at. I love it. Jackson and I are saving it to binge-watch on the night of the election. Uh, speaking of Star Trek, we've been actually... See, I grew up with Next Gen. I watched the original series like long after it came out, because I was a kid. Um, but I still watch it and rewatched it. I knew it backwards and forwards by the time Next Gen came out. And I remember the first night Next Gen came out, we were sat there, we camped in front of the TV, we were all like, yeah. So I watched it as it came out, and I really enjoyed it. And I watched, what was it, Deep Space lost me a couple of seasons in, and then it got better later on. And I still haven't seen all the Voyager. But, so we've been re-watching Next Gen, and Sarah hadn't watched it. Like, oh, wow. he'd seen, like, an episode here or there. But not, like, the entire thing. So we've been at night, kind of prior to bed, been watching an episode or two. And it's been really nice going through the entire thing again and watching him kind of discover, you know, Data's postulizing about the set and rambling and the first time running into Q and Troy's mom and just watching, you know, kind of him discover it. For me, it's a lot of remembering it and nuance that I missed back in the day. But I, it's kind of nice to rewatch something with somebody else and kind of like new eyes. Yeah, yeah, totally. We're almost, I think we're heading towards the end of season two. So we've hit Beard Riker era. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we got to see Yar die, which I really liked her as a kid. And there's a reason why short hair blondes are one of my that's my type and she was very much one of my first girl crushes back in the day and but kind of stepping through it and like oh here's the borg 
basically knew what the Borg was, but here's how they run into the Borg for the first time and just watching everything unfold. That that, that must be really neat to go back uh, to like watch it along with someone that's uh, that hasn't seen it like that. And who's actually like enjoying it, not just suffering through it because, you know, you're dragging him along. Oh, I mean, they spent like a million dollars an episode in late 80s money. Like, it actually holds up pretty good. He just yelled, it's really good. <laughs> I I was watching a bunch of Voyager. I had Netflix playing on my laptop while I was um, at work. And it was just because I knew all the characters and I could just sort of see it out of the corner of my eye. And it was kind of, you know, it was actually helping me work pretty good. <laughs> I look forward to kind of, because I like, like, I don't know, I just fell off the Voyager wagon. Mm-hmm. I kind of look forward to seeing it all, all the way through. Kind of like Deep Space Nine, because it lost me, and then by the time I came back, it was well and truly into the good part of it. So I, I kind of look forward to bridging that gap. Yeah, the first couple seasons of DS, DS9, are, I remember to be kind of meh, kind of middling, and then it like suddenly gets good. Yeah, that's what I remember. Yeah. Um, I, of course, I love Enterprise because I'm one of the weirdos that liked it. I liked it, too. I mean, I I remember enjoying watching it, and I've gone back and watched the occasional episode since. I mean, I'm generally pretty uncritical with Star Trek. Like, I've enjoyed, like, a lot of them. Like, I enjoy Voyager, you know? Like, yeah, it's not as good as Next Gen, but Next Gen is totally the high bar for Star Trek, in my opinion. So it's like nothing's going to be as good as Next Generation was, you know. That again, I was yeah. also I was eleven years old when Next Gen started playing, so I watched that show from I guess the age of eleven to seventeen, eighteen. So I pretty much literally grew up with it for some very formative years. So yeah, it's going to have a special place in my heart. <laughs> have you guys? Um, watched the third season of Kipo yet? I have not. We're part way through. Okay. We've been kind of saving we watched a couple episodes we're kind of saving it for it's a nice light thing so we've been kind of holding on to it too when we need like a, there's oof nights where you kind of need something a little lighter to right yeah to offset but no Kipo is great. <laughs> we said uh, I mean, we had the totally opposite um, approach to it we were just like, okay, if we got X number of hours, we're gonna once we start this, we can't stop. <laughs> so we we watched it all in one night, from like I don't know, like eight o'clock at night till like one thirty in the morning or something like that. Nice. Uh, but yeah, it's re- it's a really really good show. Um, if any folks at home have not watched uh, any of Kipo in the Age of Wonder Beasts, uh, I highly recommend it. It's really good. So. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up because, again, we read some creepypastas, we talked about some nice things, but man, we're so close to the election, and hopefully it will it will not be a nightmare. Yep. That's, that's By the time say. next week rolls around, yeah, we're going to have at least part of an answer. Yeah. Yep. Man. It's going to drag on. It's going to have yeah. more endings than the fucking Lord of the Rings trilogy. But we'll uh, hopefully make it all through intact and we'll get to talk to you then in the meantime if you'd like to uh send us any emails southpodscast.gmail.com find us on twitter at southpodscast uh, fuzz retweets stuff occasionally on that one um 
you can find uh, we have the fan chat, which is where you can interact with us most easily. Um, there's always a link in the show notes for that on Telegram, and it's a good fun time. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash southpawscast, and uh, give us a dollar to encourage us to make more of this bullshit. And that's really about it for the show. You can find me on Twitter at Savern Drake, um, where I tweet like an old person, pictures of my dog, but then also uh, clown on people being stupid online occasionally, um, but not really that often. Then uh, find me on Twitch at Saverin, just twitch.tv slash Saverin, and I stream occasionally, though I haven't done so last little bit because, hey, guess what? It's stressful. Woo-hoo. What about you guys? Oh, you can find me join on the, the fan chat. Yeah, join the fan chat. <laughs> uh, I'm in there rarely. I'll pop up occasionally, enjoy the porn. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Fuzzwolf. You can also uh, check out my business Twitter. That is at ForPlanet. Um, go to ForPlanet.com to order print books and BadDogBooks.com to order ebooks. I am brought to you by books. As you do. As you do. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's, that's it for me. Well, there we go. And then, Shiva, you're free of the social media hellscape and are in the fan chat. Yep. So let's see. There's a video from La- a tweet from Lacking Saint. I did not need to pause on this frame. He's doing a video on Space Jam, and it's a frame of Bugs Bunny looking directly at Lola Bunny's tits. And then there's some cute art and some dicks and uh, all sorts of stuff. It's a very mixed group, but we uh, manage it very tightly, and it's a good fun time. <sighs> so beyond that, uh, thank you for listening to this. And on that note, good night. And vote, motherfuckers. <laughs>